They might be giants have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album Flood. All of it. And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. This ad was paid for with somebody else's money. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Muller, she wrote. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Muller, she wrote listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. And thanks to Figs for supporting Muller, she wrote. Figs is an amazing company that makes stylish and functional scrubs for people who deserve it the most. Figs is offering you 15% off your first purchase by using our code AG at wherefigs.com. And thanks to Best Fiends for supporting Muller, she wrote. Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience unlike any other puzzle games out there. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. Hi, I'm Scott Dworkin from the Democratic Coalition, and you're listening to Muller, she wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. But Jordan Coburn woke up voiceless today <laughs> she lost her voice um so she'll be with us here in spirit and we wish her a speedy recovery she is one of the hardest working grinders in comedy so i could see how her voice would probably give out every now and again so we wish her well we wish her the best hopefully we'll see her tomorrow uh we do have a great show for you today joining us for the interview is steph miller from the sexy liberal tour and the stephanie miller show on sirius xm 127 and she'll also be joining us for our live show at the independent theater in san francisco this weekend friday august 30th and uh, Adam Savage from Mythbusters is going to be there, too. So it's going to be awesome. Nice. Uh, and the meet and greet the night of the show is sold out. But we've added a meet and greet for Thursday, August 29th at 5 p.m. And there are a few tickets left for that. We uh, have a link to those tickets in our pinned tweet at Muller She Wrote. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm, me too. San Francisco is... You haven't been, right? You, no. never... you know what? Actually, I was high when I said I hadn't been. I remember now, but I was only briefly there. I did a trifecta of touring. I was in the Bay. So I went to San Francisco, Oakland, and uh, Berkeley. Oh, cool. Did you shows? It was like... No, actually, this was... I did an open mic out there, but it was mostly just visiting a friend who was in school at Berkeley. So it was really quick. I did like a weekend, but I hit all the spots. So it wasn't like long enough to actually take in the San Fran air, you know? Like, I'm really excited for this trip because we'll have more time. Yeah, we definitely will. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we get to do a shop tour. And um, I, I'm just really excited. I think Saturday night I'm going to go see a Star Trek drag show, which, nice. I'm, which is going to be fun. And then uh, I know we're going to be seeing Hamilton, too, while we're there. Thanks to thanks to the Hamilton folks. So I am excited as well. And I haven't been since I was 12. So we went on a whale watching tour when I was a Girl Scout or something. It was really fun. But <laughs> it's been a while. 
Um, also, uh, the Fantasy Indictment League is now up on Patreon, so it's not just on Facebook. So if you want to play and you've always wanted to play and you don't like Facebook, you can now do it on Patreon if you're a patron. And if you're a patron, you also get our newsletter, our show notes, pre-sale on live events, early access to ad-free episodes of the Daily Beans, plus VIP events, along with a bunch of thank you gifts. So just head to patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote. And when you sign up, you become a patron of both Muller She Wrote and Daily Beans. So it's a two for one. So mm-hmm. BOGO. Um, how was your weekend? Was it good? Yeah, it was good. I got uh, this new gig. I get to t- teach podcasting at like a local media center. So I'll be doing that in the fall. I'm stoked. I don't feel like old enough, but I guess legally I am. But this is cool, though. It's like a nice little fun way to, you know. Well, you're definitely an expert, so I don't see. Yeah. Why, I don't see why ages <laughs> makes. A I difference, just feel but... like yeah, a lot of the kids are teenagers, so I'm just like, this will be a, a fun little experiment, like just seeing how people look to me as a teacher. I feel like I do have things to offer, yeah. but it's also just going to be like so trippy. Well, congratulations, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. Neat. I'm 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 looking forward to see how that goes. I appreciate. Yeah, I was thinking about doing something similar, you know, oh, but like a, yeah. like a business part of it but that's that's so rad yeah, yeah that's a good idea and uh i think i think that you'd be excellent at that because you're just really good at explaining things so I thank think, you i think you'd be good at it uh all right guys let's kick off the show with my favorite segment corrections it's a mistake it's hard for me to say i'm sorry oh i made a mistake <laughs> all right first Remember the guy who drove into the protesters and then was taken, put on administrative leave, and then they were blocking like an immigration center, mm-hmm. and he had to resign. Uh, he still hasn't been charged, which I think is weird because I feel like that's vehicular attempted manslaughter, but whatevs. Uh, anyway, he wasn't at the border. I thought he was at the border. He was. He's a Connecticut resident, and the event took place in Rhode Island. So, so he's just a regular dude. Well, I mean, it was a it was a detention center, but it wasn't at the border. Right, and he wasn't a border patrol agent. I he guess was. I got. Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh, still not weird. a border patrol agent, but a person who worked at the I, maybe for immigration custom okay bpd something yeah de- department of homeland security yeah bad either way but definitely in a position of you know authority there <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh i just i think the our only mistake was it was in rhode island and not at the border mm-hmm. um and that's weird that they have these detention centers everywhere yeah um <laughs> like what that's just i don't know i guess the property is just available at random places yeah gotta be it and um, let's see, the, uh, our other correction here, the militant left-wing group Jordan mentioned during the Daily Beans is called the Weathermen, uh, Weather Underground, and it comes from the Bob Dylan song, Subterranean Homesick Blues. So we were trying to figure out which Bob Dylan song mentioned Weathermen, and that's it. Uh, you don't need to be a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Um, so, guys, those are our only corrections this week. Um, so th- thank you for sending them. Um, if you have surprised because, you know, I'm not a lawyer and we talk about legal stuff all the time and our only corrections are about, uh, Bob Dylan and this guy in Rhode Island, but cool. Uh, if you have any corrections, uh, head to MullerSheWrote.com, click on contact, select corrections, and then send us our compliment sandwich. We'll get it right eventually. That's our motto here. Uh, all right. We have a lot of news to get to, so let's jump in with just the facts. All right, so our one Democrat who's in trouble, Greg Craig, his trial began this week. It had some ups and downs. First, Craig's lawyers began with an objection to the jury selection secrecy and forced the court to select a whole new jury. And then once the trial began, Judge Jackson, who was also the judge in Rick Gates and Roger Stone's cases, uh, laid into Craig's attorneys for ignoring her orders not to bring up certain topics during cross-examination, especially during the cross-examination of Rick Gates. Uh, And in case you missed it, 
Greg Craig is a Democratic lobbyist who assisted Manafort, Gates, and Vanderswan in their report justifying the jailing of Viktor Yanukovych's opponent, Yulia Tymoshenko. It was drafted by the Skadden Arps law firm. And Craig's defense is that he didn't really play that much of a role, but he was at the dinners, had some drinks. Uh, But Rick Gates testified... He played a major role, including the seeding of the report with the New York Times. And seeding is the term that they use for, you know, uh, basically planting the report into our media so mm-hmm. that it gets uh, it gets, you know, makes the rounds. So we'll see how credible the jury thinks Rick Gates is considering. You remember the jury in the Manafort trial didn't really take a shine to uh, Rick Gates at all. They said he was not a very credible witness. Uh, And it went as expected. Craig's lawyers tried to destroy Gates's credibility by saying, you know, he's a criminal and a liar. He stole from Manafort and cheated on his wife. And uh, Gates also admitted he was cooperating to get a lighter prison sentence uh, and that he won't be prosecuted for other crimes he committed. And he committed many. Um, But uh, he was sure to remind the jury that if he lies at all during this trial, his cooperation agreement would be ripped up and he would be on the hook for not only lying, but all the other crimes he committed that he was forgiven for by his cooperation. So... Interestingly, Gates testified that there were more D.C. lobbyists working on behalf of the Ukraine. And as you know, we've been saying uh, that Democrat Tony Podesta and Republican Vin Weber from the Podesta Group and the Mercury Group, respectively, uh, were not charged in this case. But Gates said they participated all the same uh, in drafting the Timoshenko report and seeding it. And <clears throat> I was kind of chuckling when Josh Gerstein of Politico said on Maddo, uh, I don't know if you saw it, Jaleesa, this, this past week, that people in the courtroom were surprised by this revelation. But if you're a Mueller She Wrote listener, you'd have been very familiar with those names, Ben Weber (laughs) and Tony Podesta. So despite Rick Gates' lack of credibility, I think Craig will be found guilty on one count, his one count that he's charged with, the other count was dropped, uh, of lying about his involvement in lobbying on behalf of foreign government, mainly because the prosecution in this case, like the Manafort case, is certainly not relying solely on Gates' testimony. Mm -hmm. And Judge Jackson sort of scolded the defense attorneys who attempted to discredit Gates while he was on the stand. So put some beans on it. And based on Judge Jackson's behavior, you can also put some beans on Gates getting a pretty light sentence from her because it appeared she was really impressed with his level of remorse and cooperation during his testimony. Exactly. And I was surprised when Manafort got a light sentence. I mean, it was a different judge, but just seeing how they respond to someone like him, of course, someone like Gates will get off pretty light because he's he's not as as holy as they come. Yeah. But but if you remember too, Judge Ellis... Was mm-hmm. the judge in the Manafort case? And yeah. He was, a, he was really upset, too. So, I mean, with Flint. I mean, there's just so many. It's a small pool of judges, I'm noticing there. Or not with Flint. That was Sullivan. But uh, oh, yeah, with yeah. Manafort, he, he seemed to like be upset with the government, with the Mueller. Definitely. Uh, investi- the Mueller part of it. And so. For sure. That could have, you know, added to the, to the light sense that Manafort got. I think America would be more engaged with the Mueller investigation if all these judges were like American Idol judges or like there was some kind of reality <laughs> show where where they would have Flynn and Manafort and Gates get on the stage and they would all have their own style of like, this is treasonous. And then someone else is like a little It's easier. a no for me, dog. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> like, I like you, but, you know, you I'd crimed. Like, <laughs> I'd like to get zero jail. That's a no for me, dog. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm channeling Paula, but I like your Randy. That's pretty good. <laughs> Randy. Oh, remember Paula. Oh, I like Paula. Yeah. I did too, but man, she was an interesting lady. <laughs> uh, I was a huge fan of hers in the 80s. Nice. So it's hard not to love her. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? We learned last week from Jordan that the Devil's Mermaid, Maria Butina, is back in the news. Uh, when it was reported, she dated the CEO of Overstock.com, Patrick Byrne, who has turned out to be quite a loony bird. <laughs> uh, but this week, the story got weird. This past Thursday, Byrne announced in a bizarre letter to shareholders 
that he would resign as CEO, but not before he released an even weirder statement saying his involvement with Butina was part of a deep state men in black Russia linked political espionage campaign coming this fall against Clinton and Trump and others like uh, I think uh, Ted Cruz and somebody else. Yeah, it's like a movie plot. <laughs> so Byrne decided yeah, totally that his involvement in the matter would negatively impact his business relationships. And that's what led him to resign. And in an interview with Fox News correspondent Sarah Carter last month, Byrne said he'd been approached by Butina at Freedom Fest. Pew, pew. Yeah, in 2015. And uh, came to believe she might be a Russian spy. You know, I don't know what tipped him off. <laughs> uh, Butina is currently serving an 18-month prison sentence for conspiring to act as a foreign agent for her role in infiltrating the NRA on behalf of Trump in the 2016 election. And uh, Byrne says he reached out to the FBI and was told to carry on with the relay, rekindle the relationship, and then keep reporting back to us. Nice. And he ended up being romantically involved with her for over three years, even even though when he met her, she was dating Paul Erickson. And he's like, at first it was just a gig, but then I fell for you. <laughs> yeah, Beauty and the Beast. And you remember, uh, too, that when uh, Mueller, the Mueller team was trying to say she peddled sex to try to infiltrate all these different places and they... they defied that and said no her and erickson were in love they it was a real relationship yeah look at this karaoke video yeah can't say they're not in love <laughs> and now we have this uh oh yeah no i dated her too yeah uh, overstock I mean, guy maybe she's polly that's very 2019 of her uh, it could be and that's totally rad but yeah, uh yeah, but i doubt it yeah. <laughs> uh another trump guy who uh, has been charged erickson he's been charged with crimes of his own unrelated to the Mueller probe Byrne told fox news he believed he was being used by the fbi in a soft coup Oh, a soft coup as opposed to, as opposed to a hard coup. Okay. Sounds like, like a smooth jazz coup. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like that. I like that direction. I took it a more flaccid way, but I appreciate yours. Much more wholesome. <laughs> smooth jazz. Oh, no. Flaccid coup. <laughs> Dude, that's great. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, yeah. Coup. They are all about the coups. Mm-hmm. But uh, Overstock investors didn't get scared until two weeks later when he claimed to have turned over evidence in a conspiracy involving Trump and Clinton saying, I think we're about to see the biggest scandal in U.S. history. Everything you know about Russia and Clinton is a lie. It was all political espionage. And I think Barr has gotten to the bottom of it. Mm. He said uh, there's a deep state like a submarine lurking just beneath the waves at periscope depth, watching our shipping lanes and nuclear icebreaker named USS Bill Barr has snuck up on them and is about to ram them at midship. This is like a novel. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a like bestseller. His heaving manhood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those. The cloud was looming and needed to be lifted. <laughs> <laughs> Lift the cloud, Bill Barr. <laughs> so uh, if someone could also please draw me Bill Barr as a submarine. Yeah, ramming the USS something, Bill Barr. That's hilarious. Ramming something amidship. Specifically that would, it has to be ramming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, would, that would be fantastic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So Byrne followed up with a statement saying, in July 2018, I put the pieces together. Uh, Three years later, I immediately came forward to a congressman and a senior military officer and to the DOJ this April. And upon my my Omaha rabbi reminding me of my duty as a citizen this last June to a small set of journalists this summer, I have fulfilled those citizenship obligations to which my rabbi reminded me I will speak no more on the subject. (laughs) Instead, uh, having lived in places lacking rule of law and having witnessed the consequences of its absence, I plan on sitting back and watching the U.S. Department of Justice reestablish the rule of law in our country. Uh, As it turns out, the Omaha rabbi is zillionaire investor Warren Buffett. Oh, that's hilarious. And uh, then Friday, two top former FBI officials denied Burns' claim that the FBI directed him to you know, Bone Butina, which he claimed in a weird 30-minute CNN video this past Thursday in an interview with Cuomo. 
that's the day he resigned. He also accused top Obama officials, including Comey, of approving the FBI's request that he continue to date Butina. Mm. And Comey said this claim was ridiculous and the FBI doesn't work that way. He's seen too many movies. <laughs> McCabe says he's never heard of Byrne uh, until he revealed his relationship with Butina. And he says he's to- it's totally possible he volunteered information about Butina to the FBI. But the claim that agents would have told him to engage in a romantic relationship with a suspected Russian intelligence agent is mm-hmm. not how the FBI works. It's simply not the sort of thing the FBI does. Right. And I, I totally agree with the, the FBI. But you know what's sad is that Trump has put the country at a place or maybe we were already there but we want this drama we want the romance we want the crazy <laughs> plot you know the forbidden love people are going to gravitate towards that because it makes a good story as opposed to the boring truth which is no that's not how the fbi fucking works <laughs> stop watching netflix so much go back and read up on the uh, hush money payments with right? porn stars if yeah that's but it's into. sad the country will probably latch on to these crazy things because people just think crazy is more convincing for some reason more entertaining therefore more convincing it's more entertaining that's for sure yeah uh, And all this aside, a U.S. official has confirmed that Byrne did meet with Department of Justice officials earlier this year and told them about Butina. And the Department of Justice found aspects of his story to be believable because he did share operational details that were not widely known. Uh, And he said some pretty amazing things during the CNN interview, including how he grew concerned when Butina mentioned her relationship with Torshin, a Kremlin-linked banker who told her to build inroads with the high ups in the GOP. Mm hmm. And Byrne then said he kept trying to tell the FBI. I kept going to the FBI and and they ignored him until July of 2016 when he says they approached him again and said, boy, you sure were right about Russia. Can you keep dating that Butina and (laughs) tell us what she says? And uh, Asha Rangappa. So now we have Comey and McCabe saying it makes sense that the FBI might have said, you know, keep in contact and let us know what happens. Oh, really? And now we have Asha Rangappa saying that the elements of Burns' claims about the FBI encouraging his efforts to build a relationship with Butina do line up with how the Bureau would run a counterintelligence uh-huh. investigation, but she says the romantic part is not a thing the FBI does. Oh, they're like, don't seduce her, just befriend her, dude. Yeah, just maintain a relationship with her. Okay, we, yeah. so it's not even that crazy. That, no. And, and I do want to say maybe most people wouldn't believe the crazy parts, just enough people, like that 30%. <laughs> it's the, it's the, because, you know, they, they can do that. They can say you know, hey, great. Thanks for the intel. Keep if you keep her talking to her, have her maintain a relationship with her. Let us know what she says. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't encourage say, go bone her, right? To right. be romantically involved because there's a bunch of legal liability uh, involved. I'd in that. imagine and the FBI just doesn't operate that way. But Seth Abramson pointed out the most significant thing Byrne said during his CNN er- interview, which is that Don Jr. met secretly with Kremlin agents for an hour during the 2015 NRA conference in Tennessee. Which means he lied to Congress. And and this is something we did not know until now. And presumably if Andy McCabe had never heard about him uh, or heard about this, he didn't know about the FBI didn't know about it either. And that means Mueller might not have been informed about this. So back in 2015, if you remember, Dimitri Symes, uh, and this is all in volume one of the Mueller report, helped Torshin and Butina get access to top federal banking officials because they wanted to share information on the Ziff brothers and Clinton. That was the dirt that was discussed by Veselnitskaya in the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting. So Byrne confirmed that Butina said she had close ties to four of the top seven oligarchs in Russia, and she was in a position to get a meeting face-to-face between Putin and Byrne. And we also know that Junior told Congress he met Torshin just randomly at that rally in Tennessee. But Abramson has long believed, uh, and us too, that Junior might have lied about that. (laughs) Yeah. And Byrne's story, if true, confirms that Junior did meet with Russian operatives in 2015, about 30 days before Trump announced his candidacy during the NRA rally at an off-site location, and that sanctions were discussed under the guise of peace. 
So I'm still researching this, and, and what I do know is if Mueller had this information, uh, it was not mentioned in the Mueller report, which means if he knew, he likely handed that off to the FBI as their broader counterintelligence investigation. But this could be brand new information. Um, but, you know, as we know, Mueller's investigation was really limited in scope, so it might not be there at all. Totally. Yeah, your pizza video said it all. <laughs> Truly, though, there, this counterintelligence stuff must have Trump the most spooked because he immediately came out with, don't trust the FBI no matter what they say. And people were like, what's even going on? Like, they weren't even caught up on the Mueller report yet, let alone, like, his beef with the FBI. But I think it's because they have the bulk of this. Yeah, they had so much, too. When Mueller uh, took over the investigation, if you remember, uh, it was reported publicly that Mueller received, like, thousands of 302s and information that the FBI uh, under McCabe and, uh, you know, with Peter Strzok were already investigating. Yeah. So if it wasn't all about, you know, what they started with, it might have led them to something else that's spooking Trump. Yeah. But they could have been in, you know, Strzok could have been investigating this particular burn Butina thing way before we thought. Good point. But that McCabe hadn't heard of it because I feel like McCabe would have said, I can't comment on that, mm-hmm. rather than, I've never heard of him. Exactly. But he was also acting director, deputy director during those times. Pretty and so, high up. Yeah, particularly back then, deputy director, maybe that stuff doesn't reach all the way up. It would stop at the Peter Strzok level. Totally, I can believe that, yeah. But yeah, just that he'd never heard of him before. Mm, it's very, like, the semantics, too, could say that he may have heard of the case, but not of that particular person. It's just, you know, it's tricky. So true. Plus, there's nine million people involved in this. <laughs> totally. Um, I mean, just last week, we forgot that Acosta even resigned. That's right. So, Never uh, forget. It, it's hard again. to keep track of sometimes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, guys, um, we will be right back after this quick word. Hey, this is AG from Muller She Wrote, and I want to tell you about a great offer from Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators and lifelong learners that offers thousands of options with the convenience of online classes you can take anywhere. And they have more than 25,000 courses in design, business, tech, and more. And you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, your creativity, and your career. So you can take classes in social media marketing, which I want to hit up really badly, mobile photography, creative writing, or illustration. And so whether you're looking to discover like a new uh passion or skill or start a side hustle with something you're already into or gain new professional skills, Skillshare is there to help you uh, keep learning and keep thriving. And I I recently took a business accounting course because it's business tax season and I want to be able to, you know, not just hand over all my stuff to my accountant. I want to understand and participate in the process instead of just, you know, handing the reins over to to somebody. And I'm also planning on taking some um, sound and video editing courses because I want to keep current and uh, social media marketing I mentioned before because I, I just don't want to get left behind. Um, and that's why lifelong learning is so important to me. Uh, I, you know, you finish, co- you finish college, but you want to stay current with changing business models so you can adapt and feel relevant. And I, I like the Skillshare model because it's affordable and it's convenient. And right now, Skillshare is offering Muller She Wrote listeners two months of Skillshare for free. And you can join the millions of students already learning on Skill- Skillshare today with access to over 25,000 classes. So to sign up, just go to Skillshare.com AG for two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Again, that's Skillshare.com AG to start your two months now. Skillshare.com AG. You'll be glad you did. So, Jaleesa. It looks like Trump is distancing himself from Tom Barrick. Mm. And uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in Hot Notes. Uh, this is Jordan's joint. Usually she talks about that she's had him on the... <laughs> Jordan's joint. Yeah. <laughs> she's had him as it was like, a, she, that's her number one draft pick like totally. every week. Uh, and uh, he was the guy who got Manafort the job mm-hmm. uh, with Trump. And he's also uh, one of the top guys in the inaugural, which is under 800 investigations. So... <laughs> 
Uh, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. And uh, also this week, Trump's Department of Justice has been ordered to pay the legal fees for the good guys in the 2020 set, uh, set, uh, census citizenship question case. That's hard to say. <laughs> the 2020 census citizenship question case. Uh, they've already paid uh, $2.7 million for the Manhattan case. And, and now the plaintiffs in the Maryland cases are seeking $4 million and $7 million, uh, respectively, along with over 100000 they've already had to pay in the California case. And this is all because of a federal rule that allows the winners in these cases to have all their legal fees paid by the losers. That's incredible. I know. It's great, right? So Trump lost, so now he has to pay their his legal fees and their legal That's fees. That's for all federal cases? Uh, I think so. That's awesome. I have, to, I have to look into that, but I believe that there is a rule for that that, Yay. that says that. So, and, Or at least they can ask for it. I don't think he, they're required, but I think they can ask the courts for those fees. Mm-hmm. Also, Michael Flynn is back in the news. Uh, to catch you up really quick, Flynn was supposed to be the super awesome cooperator of all time. But when Judge Sullivan, the judge presiding over his case, had him in the courtroom for the first sentencing hearing last December, if you remember, he was really mad. Uh, Having seen all the redacted shit Flynn did and all the underlying evidence that we haven't seen, he called Flynn a traitor to the flag in the country, pointed to the flag behind him, and even asked Mueller's team if they'd consider charging Flynn with treason. Uh, And as we know, Flynn has lobbied on behalf of Turkey without registering as a foreign agent, but he was also involved in the Middle East Marshall Plan to drop sanctions on Russia and have them help give nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia under the guise of building reactors there so they could develop a nuclear bomb. But none of that is what he pleaded guilty to. Uh, This was for lying to the FBI and members of the Trump transition team about conversations with the Russian ambassador Kislyak when he told Russia, don't, you know, don't respond to the sanctions that Obama put on for interfering in our election, uh, and which they ended up not retaliating against. They listened to him. And Sullivan was so mad at Flynn during his sentencing, he warned him not to take his sentencing then and said it would be very wise to continue cooperating. He's like, you don't want me to sentence you today, bro. Not today. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, we're good. He's like, no, you really don't want you really don't want me to sentence you today. You need to get more cooperation under your belt because he was pretty mad. Uh, and he was going to be the star witness in Mueller's case against his business and lobbying partner, Bijan Kian, or Bijan Rafikian. He, he he also failed to register as a foreign agent for Turkey. And it was Flynn and Kian, by the way, um, using Flynn's consulting firm that were trying to influence U.S. policy relating to Turkey without registering. And then there was even a plot where Turkey was going to pay Flynn $15 million to kidnap a Turkish cleric named Gulen who was living in the United States, who still is, and they were going to deliver him like by plane in, in the night to Turkey. Um, this is, we know, uh, right about, now. Nah, let's see, how long ago was it? Maybe four months ago, Flynn fired his legal team, mm-hmm. the one that got him the deal. The one, his deal was he's not going to be charged as failing to file as a Turkish lobbyist as long as he helped in the Bijan Kion trial and testified against his own business partner. But he fired his legal team and hired a Russian hoax anti-Muller conspiracy theorist nut job named Sidney Powell, uh, who had Flynn change his story about acting as a foreign agent, saying he didn't realize what he was signing. His lawyers fucked him, basically. And that forced the prosecution to drop him as a witness and change his designation in the Bijan Kian case from cooperating witness to co-conspirator. And that's pretty much where we left off. But last week, Flynn asked Judge Sullivan for permission, the guy who wanted him to you know, asked about treason, Mm -hmm. asked him if he could get permission to travel to Atlanta. And the judge granted the request. But as soon as Mother Jones reported, Flynn was actually going there to attend a rally with Papadopoulos organized by a QAnon conspiracy theorist that thinks Trump and Mueller are working together to take down an international ring of Democrat pedophiles. 
uh, all this to raise money for his legal defense fund, uh, Flynn's lawyer announced that he was backing out of the event once that story came out. And uh, Flynn does have an update this week, uh, a trial update, an update hearing, and, and we'll keep you posted on what goes on there. Because mm. his sentencing is probably coming up pretty soon since he failed to cooperate. Uh, and we're all we're all still wondering if he's going to be charged with failing to file as a foreign agent, which was a crime he was forgiven for, for cooperating with the Bijan Kian case, which he stopped cooperating with. We'll see. Uh, also this week, Trump tweeted out that uh, he treated... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> there was this debunked study claiming that Google, uh, Google manipulated up to 16 million votes in favor of Hillary Clinton. And Trump was like, oh, I won by a bigger margin than I even thought. Mm. As it turns out, this study was conducted by a guy named Dr. Robert Epstein. He basically had 21 undecided voters Google news stories and found that more often than not, the stories favored Clinton. Uh, and that somehow led him to the conclusion that anywhere between 2.6 million and 16 million votes went to Clinton because of the biased Google searches. And the weird part here is Dr. Robert Epstein, I was like, that name sounds familiar. (laughs) It turns out he was my Psych 101 professor at Mesa Community College in San Diego back in the 90s. Not this actual one, right? (laughs) This actual one. Oh, this guy? This guy. That's very weird. I know. Uh, And he was a weird dude. He had us, uh, like I was over at his house one time, he had us over at his house working on a project or something. And his whole house is like this giant Skinnerian behavioral uh, experiment. Like uh, we're sitting there one day and he's got this square taped off in the living room. And all of a sudden at like 6.08, the dog comes in, sits in the square and starts barking. And apparently that's 6.08 is dinner time. And then uh, he also had his kid, his son, was living in the garage as punishment because he found weed on him. That's very unfortunate. I would hate that. Yeah. I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, unless maybe the garage is awesome. I don't know. But oh, it's full of weed. <laughs> it's like when you send a bratty kid to the room full of toys. Right. Yeah, they're just going to smoke all the toys. What are you doing? My mom My mom used to take the, my door off the hinges, so I had no privacy. Mm-hmm. But it seems like if you relegate somebody to the garage, they would have more privacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd smoke a lot of weed in that garage if I were that kid. <laughs> uh, and, uh, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then, uh, but sure. And then the other Epstein... In, in the news this week is Jeffrey Epstein. Jaleesi, you have some stuff on him later in the show. Yes. Now, uh, we have an update for you on those House Oversight and Finance Committee's lawsuits to get Trump's financial information from Mazars and Deutsche Bank and Capital One. So if you remember, the House Oversight Committee subpoenaed Mazars. Trump sued to block it. The courts found in favor of the House Dems. So Trump appealed it. So now it's in the appeals court. Same thing with the House Intel and Financial Services Committee subpoena for Trump, the Trump organization documents subpoena from Deutsche Bank and Capital One. And uh, last week we reported that the Department of Justice had filed an amicus brief in both cases saying they supported Trump and that Congress has no specific legislative need for the documents. Well, this week prosecutors responded. They filed uh, a response to those amicus briefs saying that the DOJ is ignoring centuries of investigations into presidents in an attempt to dramatically curtail Congress's power to provide oversight Uh, of the executive. Further, they say that the DOJ's call to invalidate their subpoenas would immunize future presidents from congressional inquiry. Uh, I still think Trump will ultimately lose these cases and will get his bank records. Uh, And we should also remember that Tish James, the New York attorney general, is also investigating the Trump org and the hush money payments case, which mysteriously went dark in the Southern District of New York as soon as Barr came on board. And she has subpoenaed and is receiving documents from Deutsche Bank and Capital One. But what I find really disturbing is not only the Department of Justice under William Barr is not independent from the president, but they're actually filing amicus briefs on his behalf, supporting him personally as though they were personal character witnesses or personal lawyers for the executive branch. 
Um, oral arguments took place this Friday in the Deutsche Bank Capital One case. <laughs> I love that it's Capital One because it puts a whole new meeting to what's in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the three-judge panel, we talked about this last week. It's made up of two GWs and a Carter, mm-hmm. which means one of the judges is appointed by G- uh, by Jimmy Carter and two were appointed by G.W. Bush. The so dubs. Yeah. Two G-dubs and a Carter. Judge Newman is the Carter appointee and Livingston and Hall are the G-dubs. And Lawfare notes that both Hall and Newman seem sympathetic to the House Dems, but Livingston, uh, the other GW judge, seemed less convinced that the House subpoenas were tailored appropriately. The hearing lasted about two hours, and the only strange part came at the end when um, Judge Hall asked Deutsche Bank and Capital One if they actually had Trump's tax returns. Hmm. Uh, Reps for Deutsche Bank and Capital One refused to answer under financial privacy regulations, but uh, the judge yelled at him and said, you can't contract your way out of a court order, and you have 48 hours to provide us with an answer. Nice. So we will keep you posted. I have beans on a 2-1 ruling, at least, in favor of the House with Livingston dissenting. Or even if Livingston might join up and it might be a unanimous 3-0 ruling. That's incredible. Uh, with favor uh, to the House Dems. And as a casino operator, Trump should know the House always wins. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was bad at that, too. So Yeah, he failed. Yeah. He failed at casinos. I love that courts have this, like, authority. Like, they're like, fuck your contracts, man. Like... Give it to me straight. You I'm know? the court. I'm the court. I can actually make this order. The buck order. stops here. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it goes to the bigger court. <laughs> <laughs> and probably what will happen, I also have beans on this because Trump's going to lose this case here in this appellate court. I think Trump will file to have the case reheard and bonk, which means in front of all nine judges in the circuit mm-hmm. uh, or in the appeals court. And uh, then that'll probably get kicked back down to the lower court, which means... Trump loses and then Trump will probably petition to have it heard in the Supreme Court and I think that that will fail as well. I don't even think they'll hear the arguments. Right, right. Um, So I think that this ruling will be the one that they stand on when the next two appeals get kicked back down and then that'll be over and we'll get all the documents. Not us, but the House. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Sean Spicer's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Don't watch it, guys. We we really, as funny as it sounds, I really don't want to support like what Sean Spicer did. Mm-hmm. He's already making six figures regardless. I don't know if he'll make any more or less from us sharing it, but you're right. It, it could only help him by making fun of it because he he knows he's a joke. That's why he agreed to do this, just like Rick Perry. It's nothing to lose. So, yeah, I would say if you can help it, don't share it. But, I mean, it's not. I guess it's not the worst thing if you do make it. Make it a really good joke if well, you, you must. You're going to be able to see the clips online. So you're saying the clips are fine. We can support the clips. Yeah, Just because that's not going to go toward the, the ratings. Some ratings. Yeah. Good. Perfect. It's not going to give money to ABC, who's bringing this guy on. And as, as funny as Spicy is, um, he lied to the American people on several occasions. And that is a, a really sacred institution. And it, it, it bums me out that people are so lighthearted about it. So mm-hmm. try not to watch it on ABC. And you'll you'll see the good clips. You online. will. The highlights. And I bet he's going to lie about the ratings number, too. <laughs> it was bigger than they said, I swear. Yeah, Tom Bergeron actually joked about that, the host of really? Dancing with the Stars. Oh, he was the like, host? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, Spicer's going to be in charge of assessing crowd size. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, they should hire us as uh, punch-ups. We're thinking alike. Eh? Yeah, let's Great do it. Mind. Tom Bergeron, yeah. we're available for punch-ups. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just they got it covered, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of press secretaries, Sarah Sanders has been looking for a new job for over a year. We know this because she's kept been trying to leave yeah. uh, the White House. And we didn't think she'd be able to find one since she admitted that she lied to all of us at least one time when she told Mueller 
um, that her claim that the FBI didn't like Comey and Trump got hundreds of emails of support for firing him was based on nothing. <laughs> Did they pass her up for Dancing with the Stars? What happened there? Uh, yeah, Bad probably. Agent? Somebody actually joked on Twitter, like, maybe, maybe she'll show up on Naked and Afraid. Oh, that's amazing. And also <laughs> strange. <laughs> we, I don't want to picture it, at we thought We thought nobody would hire her, right? But we didn't consider there's one place that hires total liars, and that's Fox News. So oh, she's yeah. going to, she's got a job as a contributor on Fox News, and replacing her as press secretary is Stephanie Grisham, who's probably totally fine and not a piece of shit at all, right? Mm. Well, not if you don't count her getting fired for stealing uh, from one job and then fired from another job for plagiarism. So stealing twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, once money and once stuff. I, yeah. Words. <laughs> Ideas, words. And then if you don't count her two DUIs in the past five years, she's totally fine. No red flags. Damn, too. Yeah. So can't wait to hear her special brand of bullshit as new press secretary. Secretary, And uh, that's I can't actually wait. That was sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. And did you hear about the people that were like, I bet, you know, the people that are saying Sarah Sanders shouldn't have gotten hired on Fox or not saying anything about McCabe getting hired on CNN. I am, though. I love it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I agree with you on that. We're not saying anything besides congrats, McCabe. Yeah. McBabe. Yeah. I believe in you. I totally do as well. It's, that's why I think just because like it's projection. It's like, oh, we have bad people. So you, everyone that does the same thing. It's it's like it's just because they both get jobs doesn't mean they're both evil. How That's a weird projecting thing to say. I know. To just tie, but they also talked about how he supposedly lied to what the DOJ. That's it, their big thing against McCabe. S- supposedly. No candor uh, or whatever. Well, that's yeah. just it. Because Sarah Huckabee Sanders fucking lied. She actually lied. And McCabe lacked candor. And there is a difference. Don't let any Trump supporter online tell you differently. There's mm-hmm. a difference between lacking candor and then lacking candor lying under oath. Mm-hmm. Lacking candor means you left something out that might have been important. Mm-hmm. Lacking candor lying under oath is that you told a lie. Yeah, and she's done that. One is Tuesday. against the law. <laughs> yeah. One is not. Uh, well, she, it's not against the law for Sanders because lying to the public isn't a crime. But lying yeah. under oath in, a, in an investigation or to Congress is. Which she also did, right? She did. To, well, no, she didn't lie to Mueller. But oh. McCabe didn't lie under, under oath. oath. He right. lacked candor under oath and then actually realized he omitted something and called them back later that day and said, oh, I forgot to tell you Absolutely. this. <clears throat> and updated his story. So yeah. when people try to you know, conflate that, that lying and lacking candor are the same thing, they are not. Those are two different yeah. charges. And Sanders admitted that she had no grounds to her like comments. Like, she admitted to Mueller. Yeah, because McCabe if she, never, yeah. Yeah, because if she would have been lying under she oath. She would have gone to jail. That's not lacking candor, that's fucking lying. <laughs> so... Yeah, don't listen to any of that um, hoopla (laughs) because it's just absolutely not the truth. So, uh, all right, let's see. Jason Leopold uh, at BuzzFeed News reported Saturday that documents released by a federal judge confirm his previous reporting that Felix Sater was a key U.S. asset and provided intelligence that included but was not limited to Osama bin Laden's whereabouts following 9-11, the internal structure and the financial capabilities of al-Qaeda, the whereabouts of Taliban leader uh, Mullah Omar, ground reports on who was killed by U.S. airstrikes, and details of an assassination plot against President Bush, and information on North Korea's nuclear capabilities. He was also instrumental in weakening um, uh, the mafia's role on Wall Street and played a role in helping the U.S. dismantle money laundering operations in Russia, Cyprus, Turkey, and elsewhere. He also provided information about the identities of Russian mob leaders, the American business interests of oligarchs, and the ties they had to organized crime figures. So when Sater was young, like in his mid-20s, he swindled investors out of like $40 million and laundered it through offshore accounts with the help of organized crime figures. So he turned himself in and then offered himself to the FBI. 
um, saying he had a shitload of intel on Afghanistan, Al-Qaeda, the mafia, oligarchs, money launderers, etc. Because he hung out with assholes. And we know Sater worked with Cohen and Trump on Trump Tower Moscow, and that Sater lied to Congress when he corroborated Cohen and Trump's lies, saying the Trump Tower Moscow deal ended about six months before it actually did. Now, I wonder if he was cooperating at the time, and that's why he was never charged with lying to Congress. We have not seen a Mueller plea deal with Sater, but that could all be part of a still open and ongoing investigation. Remember Appendix D, there were like 14 handed off, 12 were redacted. But uh, he's, you know, he's a burned asset now. So he, he, it's not like he can continue helping in a counterintelligence capacity, except with things that have already happened. Uh, and finally this week, uh, anyway, I just before I get to the next story, I just thought that was really interesting about about Sater because Jason Leopold's been reporting on this for a long time. We mentioned it a, a while back saying, we, you know, we heard a rumor that he helped find Osama bin Laden. He was actually able to get Osama bin Laden's satellite telephone numbers to the government, which helped locate him in Pakistan. So he's actually been quite an asset to U.S. Uh, counterintelligence. So that's may, that, that might explain why he wasn't charged. They might have been like, look, just keep playing along. Go ahead and tell Congress what Trump and Cohen want you to tell Congress. But he was, he's not mentioned at all in the Mueller report. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm going to have to find out from Seth Abramson uh, what he thinks, because I know he's looking into this. And he mentioned it in his uh, books, Proof of Collusion, Proof of Conspiracy. Uh, finally this week, we all know who Alexei Navalny is, right? He's the, one of the guys that's been running against Putin in Russia. He uh, released the tape that Nastya Rybka took on Deripaska's boat when uh, he was updating one of the Russian deputy prime ministers on what he had just learned from Manafort through Konstantin Kalimnik after Manafort and Kalimnik met at that cigar bar in Kushner's De- Devil Building at 666 Fifth Avenue. Well, he's been uh, in a Russian jail, Navalny has, for the past 30 days for encouraging protests, um, the Yellow Vest protests. And he, he was released Friday and said the protests would grow despite Putin's efforts to crack down on opposition. And he said, quote, now we see that lies and fraud are not enough for them. It's not enough for them to ban candidates from election. They deliberately want to arrest dozens and beat up hundreds. So the national parliamentary election is due in 2021. So that is what's going on with that. Anyway, nice. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm just glad Navalny's out of jail. I'm surprised they let him out. Um, but I guess they couldn't hold him. So, uh, we'll see what happens from here. But he is definitely Putin opposition. And remember what Putin did to Hillary when he blamed Hillary for the riots. Well, he's blaming, he's blaming Navalny for these and and the opposition, his political opposition. And and as we know, he's totally corrupt and fixes all of his elections anyway. So. I don't know. We'll see. we'll keep you <clears throat> posted what's going on over there. We don't have any leverage, so you know the U.S. can't do anything about it, other than just sort of watch. But um, I think it's an important developing story. Totally. All right, guys. We'll be right back in a second. Hey, it's AG. Uh, not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear scrubs. In fact, most of us either know a healthcare provider or can think of a medical professional. Uh, and a time when a medical professional helped us or a family member, or you might even have a family member or a friend who's a medical professional. And these folks have dedicated their lives to be of service to others, which is the most noble pursuit. And we think they should wear scrubs that not only look and feel good, but provide them with the tools they need to get the job done. So there's Figs. It's an amazing company that makes scrubs stylish and functional, very comfortable uh, for the people who deserve it most. So for years, nurses and doctors and dentists and other awesome medical professionals were forced to wear like scratchy, ill-fitting scrubs. Um, Not only were they ugly and uncomfortable, but they weren't designed with innovative technical properties to protect and hold life-saving tools. So every time you shop figs, they're philanthropic, and I love this. They give scrubs to healthcare providers in need around the world through their Threads for Threads initiative. And to date, they've donated hundreds of, uh, of thousands of sets in over 35 countries. 
So Figs makes a great gift to the medical professional in your life, and Figs gift cards are available too. So next time your doctor, nurse, dentist, dermatologist, or pediatrician saves the day, tell them thank you by sending them Figs. Uh, I personally have the short sleeve zip-up top in black. I love it. The zipper is hidden, so it can't be grabbed, and it's super soft. It's antimicrobial, so it protects me from germs and infections. They're really comfy, four-way stretch fabric, and they have these incredible pockets to hold everything I need as an administrator. They also wick moisture, so they're just very breathable and awesome. So whether you're one of the awesome humans that work in healthcare or someone that wants to say thanks to those deserving, Figs is going to make that easy by providing you with 15% off your first purchase by using our code AG. So get ready to love your scrubs. Head to wearfigs.com, that's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com, and enter our code AG at checkout. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Hot Notes. Hey guys, welcome to Hot Notes Today. Jaleesa, you have an update for us on everything Jeffrey Epstein. What's going on? What do you have? Yeah, that's right. So we learned that the will Epstein created right before he died is called the 1953 Trust, and it's named after the year he was born. Many people believe that he took out this will specifically to hide money from the dozens of women he sexually assaulted when they were teenagers. And by putting all his money in a trust, he hides the identities of the beneficiaries from the victims who are trying to collect his estate. So now they need a judge to release the details. We also learned that Epstein purchased two pairs of small women's underwear while serving time in Palm Beach. Not to mention one of the victim's lawyers, Bradley Edwards, has accused Epstein of having sexual encounters with at least one of the female visitors while in jail. However, that visitor's log was mysteriously destroyed. And finally, we learned this week that the day after Epstein was taken off suicide watch, he spent at least two hours locked up alone with a young woman in a private room that's usually reserved for inmates and their attorneys. Yeah. A lot of updates there. And we thought, too, for a minute that, you know, because he, ha- he had this first suicide attempt, alleged, mm-hmm. and then two days later he had that... Uh, will drawn up, mm-hmm. which hit, which is hiding all of his like almost six hundred million dollars in an estate and a trust, excuse me, which makes it really hard for because before it was victims are going to sue the shit out of his estate and they're going to get all their restitution, but then two days after his first suicide attempt, it seems like his lawyers called him up and said, "Dude, if you're going to do this, at least hide your money for us in a goddamn you know trust fund, yeah, or a trust, not a trust fund, but a trust. Can you can you?" do that and so he set this thing up and uh that was two days after the attempt and then within two weeks uh maybe maybe about a week and a half later that's when he had that young girl um visit him in Mm -hmm. jail right because we were wondering maybe she was a lawyer and helped draw up the will but the timeline doesn't match yeah i think sometimes people have one last mill you know and and (sighs) he has one last lay that's my theory but i i honestly feel like these women are sometimes like they're still tied into his ring. I don't think the sex trafficking ends just because he dies. I don't think he stopped all those years ago. I think he just has his ways of entrapping women, and it's just really sad. Like, I mean, let's say she is a lawyer and it's all above water, sure. But just knowing his history, it all seems very strange. Why suddenly get this really attractive young lawyer? Just for optics alone, if you're concerned about that, you know, or if anyone's concerned, why wouldn't they say, like the guy said in the article, hire a bald old guy, you know? Like, you've got plenty yeah. of options there. But I think even if she was just eye candy for him, I think it says how just, I don't know, how, how much his mentality was, was largely sexualized. Like, his whole idea of, like, I need to be 
around someone that I can look at that I can think about fucking or fuck because he took off his handcuffs yeah. in this room. And apparently there's no cameras in those rooms. Interesting. Um, which I thought was weird. If you know if there's cameras in these attorneys' rooms, uh, because people have said no, there absolutely aren't, and people have said yes, there absolutely are. If you know, uh, let us know. Hit us up uh, at, on Twitter at Mueller She Wrote, or or head to our website MullerSheWrote.com and send us a, a contact form. Because I'm really interested to know if there would be cameras in there or not. Because like you said, Jalisa. If it were a one-time thing that he and he's he wasn't a sex trafficker and he wasn't known for raping young women and he hadn't done this already when he was supposed to be in jail in two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. buying girls' underwear and then meeting with these women, two of them have now filed a lawsuit against him uh, because because they were underage when uh, they were forced to have sex with him while he was supposed to be in jail. This has happened before. It's not like we're just saying out of nowhere this woman was young and pretty, therefore he must have fucked her. I think the idea is that this is what he did, and when he was doing actual legal stuff that we know of he had lawyers that weren't young and pretty and female so i think the idea is that it's a weird change right before you die mm-hmm. to be in a room alone with her yeah that's it that's yeah it's a couple just, of days mm-hmm. like one last meal like together you said. for two hours at least i mean it just doesn't look good it no. doesn't look good for anyone yeah no and and i i'm interested to see if anyone can get an interview with that with that young female oh yeah that'd be interesting and i honestly if she's a legit person like as far as her job goes i don't want to you know offend her i just he's a weird person to work with she must understand that it comes with some suspicions <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah and she might have been totally a licensed attorney or she a, a resident and uh, yeah but was just re- really there to just be a, a beautiful young woman right to look and, at and for that one honestly last time. would be fine just knowing that he is so creepy he's always creepy than you think <laughs> he always is it's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt always and yeah. we always say you know we're speculating this is conjecture totally but but you're right this is based on years and years and years of previous behavior and uh and patterns wasn't his first time at the rodeo totally no. all right well thanks for that Jalisa. thank you uh i have two quick stories first uh tom barrick is back in the news early this week we learned <clears throat> that Trump and Barrick are no longer speaking despite decades of close friendship uh, like Barrick was with Trump and comforted him at the, at the, at the funeral of his racist dad, Fred Trump. And uh, this is likely because Barack's role in the inaugural, uh, because that's now under a heavy investigation by Congress and the New York Attorney General. And according to a senior administration official, Trump was surprised to learn that foreigners were paying top dollar for access to him through Barrick and the inaugural and that he didn't get any of that money. He was mad about that. And that's interesting because here we have another indication that it might not have been Trump himself that orchestrated this, but rather those around him set to take advantage of of their proximity to the president or the president-elect to sell access and get rich. We know Broidy did it. Manafort did it. Cohen did it. Uh, In fact, it was Barrick who got Manafort the job as campaign chair by writing a letter to Trump and recommending him. Uh, What the president knew and when he knew it, however, are being investigated and we will keep you up to date. And then big news, big, big news in the battle between the Treasury Department and the IRS um, with, you know, they're battling the House Ways and Means Committee right now. Richard Neal is the chair of that committee, Democratic chair of that committee, because back in April, Richard Neal began asking the IRS and Treasury for Trump's tax returns under a 100 year old black and white law that says the House Ways and Means Committee has the power to get any person's tax returns. And it's been going back and forth. And this past week, the House Dems filed a request to expedite the case. Let's hurry this along because it's so simple. And they asked for a summary judgment. They said, just ju- just rule on it now because it's so easy. It's open and closed. Uh, and then the Treasury Department, Trump and the IRS, filed an opposition to that mos- motion saying, no, man, slow down. Because this case raises complex and weighty constitutional issues. And there's no reason to speed this up to a gallop, quote unquote. 
but the motion from Congress that asked for a quick ruling included 54 appendices, attachments, uh, and hidden way in the back, buried uh, is a piece of news in filing QQ, which we had not heard before. And it's a letter to Steve Mnuchin <laughs> from Richard Neal saying that in July this year, he received unsolicited messages from a federal employee with credible allegations of evidence of possible misconduct, specifically inappropriate efforts to influence the mandatory presidential tax audit program. And as you'll remember, Richard Neal's reason for subpoenaing Trump's taxes from the IRS, not that he needs one under the law, you can do this without a reason, but his reason was that the House has to examine um, the effectiveness of the presidential tax audit program. And and we were like, yeah, it'd probably be good to know uh, that, you know, if Trump's taxes were audited properly. Well, apparently it was based on more than just a hunch because that it wasn't made up out of thin air um, because this is based on a tip they got from a whistleblower with incredible <sighs> allegations that someone made inappropriate efforts to influence the audit of Trump's taxes. Whoa. And in this filing last week, House Dems told the court they were willing to hand over the information and evidence uh, from the whistleblower if Dude. they need it. So if you whistleblow, the court will just take it no matter what? Like, if there's, I guess that ties into the whole, like, they can't fuck with... Like, well, the court hasn't ruled yet. Oh, okay, okay. This is just the, this is Richard Neal just submitting a bunch of stuff to the court saying, you can go ahead and rule now. Look at all my evidence. And he, and he slides over 54 append- right. appendices. Right, like they expect him to just go through over that. All that information so quickly, and and uh, but he they should, and, and 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 not only that, but he says, and also our our legislative purpose here, which we don't need, but mm-hmm. we have because we want to you know evaluate the effectiveness of this tax audit program. We have evidence that that was done improperly. If you want it, just let us know. Oh shit! So this is good. That they want to really get it through good. quickly. Okay, it's really awesome, good. Awesome. So not only did they ask for them to speed it up, but they handed over a shitload of evidence saying, here's why you can speed it up. Oh, and also if you want this evidence from the whistleblower, you can have that too. So the court might get their hands on that. Nice. So this is a a big step. We'll see what the court says. Um, They still haven't ruled on the Mazars case. Uh, uh, Again, it's going to just keep happening uh, like the other case I was talking about with they're going to, you know, uh, Trump's going to lose with the Deutsche Bank and Capital One, for example. And Mm -hmm. Mazars, Trump's going to lose. And in this particular uh, House Ways and Means Committee IRS subpoena, Trump's going to lose and the IRS is going to lose. Of course, they'll he'll appeal it to be heard, reheard and bonk. And then that'll get kicked back down and it'll go to Supreme Court. That'll get kicked back down. Supreme Court might hear this one mm-hmm. um, just to maybe set a precedent that uh, no one's tax returns are uh, exempt from this very easy black and white rule. But I don't yeah. I don't even know that might not even make it to the merits because I think like 5000 cases get put up to the Supreme Court every year, and they they only hear a couple hundred, so they don't. There's ain't nobody got time for that. No wonder um, people go to school for this shit. <laughs> it goes right over my head. It's but I a love lot. it. I love how <clears throat> complex it is. It's a lot. It's, I would never make a good lawyer, but I, I love to hear about it. Yeah, but uh, I think it's it's looking good for us, and so I hope that that the court will grant the motion to expedite this stuff. All right, are you ready for sabotage? Yeah. All right, this week's sabotage centers around the National Rifle Association as they continue to spiral to their demise this week after more high-profile board members stepped down, including country star Craig Morgan and Deputy Executive uh, for Legislative Action David Lehman and NASCAR team owner Richard Childress. Uh, We've been covering the downfall of the NRA uh, for a while now. Jordan has been on top of that. 
And uh, in the last month, multiple board members have left amidst the scandalous mismanagement of funds and lavish, probably illegal spending by those at the top, namely Wayne LaPierre. Um, There were also a couple of suits filed against them in the NRA, including one from their ad firm, Ackerman McQueen, who we think was embroiled in a money laundering scheme to hide Trump PAC money. That's Mm -hmm. speculation um, donated via the NRA from Russia. But, you know, like I said, those are beans. We don't have any evidence of that other than it being obvious. Um, But Ackerman McQueen is suing uh, over about $450,000 in credit card spending of donations, uh, uh, donated funds on personal stuff. Damn. Uh, Trips to Vegas and shit like that and stays at the Ritz-Carlton. And a a major donor is also suing Wayne LaPierre for mismanagement of donations. (laughs) The sabotage here is that Tish James, in her interview with Maddo this week, says she's investigating the 501c4 for potentially running afoul, potentially running afoul, of New York State nonprofit laws as the NRA is chartered in New York. Uh, we already know this, but um, this week on Maddow, she said she just won a case against the NRA because she wanted to depose former president of the NRA, Oliver North. The NRA opposed this and wanted their lawyers present. They lost, so she will be deposing him. Yeah. Um, she's issued over 90 subpoenas in the NRA case, uh, and many current and former board members are cooperating with her. Uh, Tish currently has 17 investigations into Trump and his affiliates and businesses and considers it a badge of honor that Trump is saying she's bludgeoning him. (laughs) Uh, She also reiterated multiple times that the president is not above the law, which makes me wonder uh, if she's willing to indict a sitting president because that rule, that Department of Justice memo that says you can't indict a sitting president doesn't apply to state attorneys general. Very nice. I have a question. Is it just because they're a, a nonprofit that their people are able to sue them like that? Like the, the donations or the donors? You can sue somebody for any reason. Okay. But the chances of them actually like successfully getting their money back or yeah, if you're, if you're making donations to a 501c4 under the uh, auspices of helping uh, prop up the second amendment and he's out taking hookers to no, no offense i love hookers uh but that's what they were doing apparently? taking his friends to like restaurants at the ritz carlton in vegas and yeah, buying yeah. 200 and something thousand dollars in suits in the six million dollar mansion and for sure that is is where you run afoul of the law yeah and, and using it for your house and things like that and yeah. like just spending way more than you should yeah 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 or you, i mean you can spend as much as you want as long as it's justified and spending it on personal expenditures mm-hmm. when you're supposed to be collecting that money to help support the second amendment they can't just write off the house as like their office they'll just be like it's just a really big office (laughs) (laughs) just a six million dollar (laughs) office well that's what he tried to say remember when he bought that mansion he said he needed protection from the public Mm, and only that only the mansion would offer it you know i love i love that he tried and i'm thinking you know you know where's really safe prison Oh yeah, you get a lot of protection, even, and it's usually bigger too. I mean, not your, not your personal space, but that's super yeah, safe. Yeah, I say lock them up. I'm 100 percent for this. I'm just surprised that the legal system is actually like going with it. That's surprising. Well, it's New York Attorney General, and then of course these civil suits. You can file a civil suit uh, any for yeah, anything. Like you can be like, I don't like Wayne Lapierre's eyes. I'm suing him, and then it'll just get dismissed. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But she's Tish James is definitely on top of this. She's uh she's that my shining shit. beacon of hope. She's incredible. Uh, since Barr took over the Department of Justice. Yeah, yeah. She's a truly good person. Person. Yeah, she really is. And she's she's again, she's just keeps reiterating he's not above the law. He's not above the law. And I can't help thinking she's going to throw an indictment down on his ass. And I hope so. That would be fantastic. Uh, all right. Are you ready to play the Fantasy Indictment League? Yes. I'm going to be indicted. No, wait, it's going to be a indicted. Honey, dick. Indicted. Honey. I'm going to be indicted. Oh, they can't. It's going to be OK. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted. 
Okay, time to play Fantasy Indictment League. Julie, so you get to pick first this week. Oh, I'll pick the fucking Lapierre. Yeah, I knew yeah. you were going to take it. Asshole. I'm going to take the NRA then. Nice, nice. As an organization. That's good. Um, I will go with Barrick. Sorry, Jordan. That's in your <laughs> honor. That one's for you. <laughs> it's for you. Big ups. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, David Pecker nice. from a- AMI. I'll take Flynn. Flynn. I like Flynn. <laughs> Me, I'm going to do Gislaine Maxwell. Nice. I heard she staged that that picture. There's I so heard many that rumors too. going around. I, don't know. I know. It makes more sense that she would stage that reading of Assassinations book. That was just yeah, too weird. And it came out in the New York Post, which is just a trash <laughs> magazine. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Hmm. Oh, man. Um, I will take uh, Don Jr., I know it's a big one, but man, he keeps popping up, and he ain't the president. No, you're right. He's not the president. Um, yeah, he's definitely more uh, vulnerable, mm-hmm. too. But, you know, we'll see what happens. How about I'm going to go with uh, the Trump inaugural. Nice. And then I, do I have one more? Or is that you it? You have one more. Okay, cool. I will pick uh, Kush. Kush. That's a good one. I think for my final one, I'm going to go with. Uh, <laughs> Calamari. Very nice. From the Trump org mm-hmm. as an individual. All right. That is how we play the Fantasy Indictment League. Look for it. We're going to post it on Patreon and our closed Facebook group for patrons. If you want to become a patron and play along, you get a zillion other gifts and a lot of ad free stuff and. Uh, access to all sorts of things our research notes uh, etc and you can play the fantasy indictment league just head to patreon.com slash muller she wrote when you sign up you become a patron of both podcasts daily beans and muller she wrote so we will be right back with the steph miller interview we're all pretty stressed these days trying to keep up with the incredible amount of news and scandal coming out of this administration and i want to tell you about a new escape that i have found Uh, a no-stress, awesome puzzle game called Best Fiends. It's like best friends without the R, Best Fiends. Uh, Totally casual game. Anyone can play. It's not about being a gamer. I'm 45. Pong is my last thing I did. So anyone can play it. It's made for adults, but kids can play it too. And it's, you know, a match-three puzzle game. Basically, you collect different fiends with different powers, and you can level them up, so that's kind of cool. I've I've got all five fiends now, and they're all at least level fours, so I'm pretty proud of that. And I didn't really play for very long. Uh, it's it's challenging, but there's a lot of rewards, and it's my favorite part is it's not stressful, it's not timed, so I'm not I don't have like anxiety about it. Uh, I hopped on for about an hour the other night. It was like meditating. Uh, the music is soothing. It's all pastels. I made it to level 21. I collected a bunch of characters. Uh, they assist me in destroying the evil slugs that have taken over the planet, which I like to imagine are like the Mitch McConnells and Paul Ryans. So it's unique uh, in that there's, uh, like I said, it's not time. There's no pressure. Uh, They put up new levels and new challenges all the time, so it never gets old. It's uh, more like a service than a game, and you you don't have to take my word for it. It's got five stars on the Apple Store, the Apple App Store and Google Play, and it's been downloaded, uh, let's see, 100 million times globally. Uh, It's a great puzzle game, um, but there's strategy too, so you you can get super engaged or just play casually. It's awesome. It's like, choose your own adventure. Uh, like I said, I'm not a gamer by any means, but uh, Best Fiends is very relaxing, very fun, and you can play it anywhere without Wi-Fi once it's downloaded, so it keeps me happy on the plane when we're traveling. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters, too. Again, it's a five-star rated mobile game, puzzle game on the Apple App Store and Google Play, and you can download it for free. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. You'll be glad you did.
So joining us today is the host of The Stephanie Miller Show. You can hear it Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m., uh, Sirius XM 127, and our special panel guest for our live show this Friday, August 30th, at the Independent Theater in San Francisco. Please welcome Steph Miller. Steph, thanks for coming on Muller She Wrote today. A.G., I miss my Muller She Wrote gals. I hope you have bail money for San Francisco. I need to blow off some steam. <laughs> We're going to see each other real soon, and we are bringing bail money. It's in the budget. Fantastic. <laughs> I forget if I can swear on this podcast or not. You fucking can. The president is barking fucking mad. Is there anything else to talk about, really? That is actually my first question for you. One of your tweets recently, I think it was today, a couple hours ago, you're saying that Trump is being extraordinarily erratic lately, which I thought was kind. Uh, and I'm I'm hearing that from a lot of people. What do you think is going on? I, You know... Uh, I, it's hard to honestly we're talk show hosts right and it's hard to even put it into words anymore where particularly if you're a comedian it's really not fucking funny anymore it, it hmm. yesterday was terrifying mm -hmm. this whole uh, you know i'm the chosen one i'm uh, king of israel i'm I, I don't even know you're trying to buy greenland from denmark i mean i just i feel like it may have been and that's saying a lot but the most extraordinary 24 hour period that if there any doctor any psychologist any person with a parent would go you would have that person evaluated you would take their car keys i mean that this person has the nuclear codes is i i mean you know and i, and I feel like it's the orange elephant in the room don't you think it's literally going how can there be any other discussion except the fact that he is sweating he can't pronounce basic words He's ranting and raving. He is delusional. You can't tell anymore whether he knows he's lying or he's just completely detached from reality at this point. Yeah, we were <clears throat> wondering that ourselves yesterday because, like, does he actually believe what he's saying? Does he really think he's the chosen one? And that right. that's verbiage, like, right out of the family, by the way. And and it's oh, I know it's frightening. Uh, and, and he's the second coming of God. But, you know, how can people watch? Can I ask a question? Things like the family and Handmaid's Tale for entertainment with this fucking terrifying shit show we're living through in reality. That is not entertainment to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost documentary. <laughs> well, the family is, but like yeah, Handmaid's definitely. Tale, because um, we were talking about that uh, yesterday with just these things like the you know, the abortion clinics in Missouri, Planned Parenthood having to pull out a Title 10 because he he won't allow right. doctors to do their doctor jobs. Um, it's it's absolutely astounding. Oh, my God. I How about like caging kids indefinitely? No flu vaccine. He's going to overturn the 14th Amendment. I mean, he, he did. I'm did I start by saying he's fucking barking mad? Yeah. I mean, he he's just nothing he says is either true, legal, constitutional, you name it, right? Yeah, and he brought up that whole birthright citizenship shit like last October, too, where he kind of hinted at maybe getting rid of it, and everybody was like, ah, he's just, you know, grandpa's needs his meds. No, I, I is there anything that you would be surprised? Like, I feel like it's the part of the movie where he's out of bullets, he's just going to throw the gun at us and, <laughs> and run away. <laughs> I mean, I honestly would not be surprised if he steps down. I don't know if you saw this latest polling, but he is cratering. He's at 36% approval, 60-something, high 60s disapproval. I mean, somebody tweeted just now, a few more points and Republicans will impeach him. Or 
I mean, the fact that every cabinet member and Republican is not being asked today about the 25th Amendment. And are you seriously telling me this is a stable, fit person? Yeah. In the Oval Office. It, it, I mean, is this even partisan anymore? Yeah. And and I've noticed uh, and some news reports are talking about Ivanka and Kush being MIA since his, uh, you know, the Jews are low knowledge uh, and Ameri- like disloyal. Right. And he's kind of been like there's been these like rumors that he's grooming Ivanka. Maybe he's going to step down, you know, because of his third stage syphilis dementia and ah. going to run Ivanka. I, I Again, I, I don't know that. You can the prediction game is sort of over. I, I don't think there's anything, you know, but I mean, the part that gets not funny is he's literally destroying the world. I mean, we're clearly heading into a recession or we have a what, trillion and a half deficit now where the trade war is killing us. We have lost our allies. We're, I mean, he threatens our allies daily and he could not be doing Putin's bidding any more obviously. You know, I, I, everyone was saying, like, what is causing this particular level of insanity? And maybe all of it, the polling, including Fox polling, you know, showing every Democrat pretty much beating him, his, you know, the talk of recession, that he's destroying the economy. I, but I also think it's his tax returns. There's a whistleblower at the IRS. And I think whatever's in his tax returns, AG, is not just presidency ending, it's jailable probably it's probably all there right russia money laundering you know yeah self-dealing y- you name it yeah because it's it's mazars and then he's there there's also the the deutsche bank capital one case and then of course the ways and means trying to get his tax returns and that's the whistleblower story right and uh he, wa- he wants to make he wants to bring russia back into the g7 um and he you know there actually reported five hundred thousand fewer jobs since 2018 than he, than he reported A.G., I feel like I'm honestly he's making us crazy conspiracy theorists because I am not a conspiracy theorist. But I said, have you noticed how everything he accuses Hillary and Obama of doing, he's doing. And so I remember when he accused Obama of cooking the books on the jobs numbers. And you're like, oh, you crazy fucker. And now I'm like going, oh, my God, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, there is nothing you would you wouldn't put past him. No. But they, but they thought we were conspiracy theorists when we were saying that Russia interfered in the invest in the in the election. So I mean, yeah, you know, just take off your tinfoil hat. Nothing is off limits. Yeah, and now we have you know more and more Congress people coming forward for impeachment, but also citing Volume One is not just you know that we were attacked, but that we're in the middle of an ongoing attack that he is not only not stopping but is encouraging. He is inciting white supremacist violence. I mean, what did we? How many people have name checked him specifically now in in these massacres? I mean, I, this is just—it's hard to even digest it every day, isn't it? I mean, it's—I mean, I should warn you, I will—I will probably be drunker than Larry Kudlow next Friday <laughs> in San Francisco, but I will at least I know how to pronounce absurd, which the president does not. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you talk about Volume One. Uh, and everybody knows, or at least, you know, congressional reps know that, that the contacts in volume one may not have risen, may not have had sufficient evidence for a criminal uh, coordination charge, right. but they're certainly impeachable offenses. And I think that's why the focus is coming back on volume one. Yeah, well, absolutely. And 
the reason they're not in the G8 is because not only Crimea, but I mean, they poisoned the UK. They attacked our elections. They shot down a civilian airliner. <laughs> you know, it just, it, it, it's, I mean, even this Greenland thing, AG, people are like, oh, because there's an oil thing and maybe Putin wants a staging ground in the Arctic. You're just like, there's just nothing. You go, oh my God, he is so clearly either being blackmailed or doing Putin's bidding. I, I Just because he's a useless idiot, I can't even tell anymore. Yeah, it's hard to know if he's unwitting. Um, but <laughs> and 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 now we have Joe fucking Walsh, who is set to maybe primary tr- try to primary yeah. Trump. We have already. I think Bill Weld is already doing it, but now we've got Joe Walsh. Yeah, Debbie, Debbie Dad says what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a prize, right? Well, you know, and the other thing, Ag, is I'm sorry, but you know, God, I don't know if you, we always play this soundbite that I love from Death Becomes Her when. Meryl Streep drinks the potion that keeps her young forever. And then the person goes, now a warning. And she goes, now a warning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or from uh, the wedding singer when, when he's like, again, information that would have been useful a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, God love you, but it's just, you know, the mood and Amorosa and whatever. It's like, you know, you fucking built this monster. You, you know, like now you're trying to, you know, like control your own monster. I mean, it, it's, Oh, I mean, I just think the whole thing is, is, you know, I finally tweeted back at George Conway yesterday. He said, "Okay, it's time for someone on the White House staff to take him to Walter Reed seriously. And I'm like, really, George, because I think you might know someone on the White House staff. (laughs) Maybe they aren't talking. Yeah. Um, So you had Malcolm Nance on recently to discuss this recession threat because of the inverted yield curve and all that, you know, the indicators of recession. Right. Uh, And we've heard Trump blame pretty much everyone but himself. Uh, What did Malcolm have to say about this? And is there a national security concern? Oh, of course. I mean, there's a national security concern in everything, in almost every story. You know, I mean, I just think it's just his, his erraticness and this just pure chaos that we live in in every every day it's obviously i I mean it literally is not overstating i think to not just say we could be in a recession he could be causing a worldwide recession i mean it's it's obviously extraordinarily dangerous i mean you know jay insley was right when they said what's the biggest threat to america donald trump yeah best answer he took an oath to to protect us from all enemies foreign and domestic He's our number one enemy, foreign and domestic. <laughs> but not only is he not protecting us from it. And he checks both boxes, foreign and domestic. He, he checks both. <laughs> right. No, I mean, what do you say? Actively inciting and causing violence in America and race war and, and actively inciting and encouraging foreign attack. You know, it, it's I don't I don't I see here I am. I feel like I'm stroking out again. This is what happens. Well, don't worry. I we'll have some wine in San Francisco. We'll we'll be cool. We'll cuddle it up. It'll be great. And um, listen, to come hang with Mueller, she wrote in Wine Country. I could not say no. It's my vacation next week, but I'm like, yes, that I'm doing. Well, we really appreciate it. Hey, before I let you go, can you tell everyone where they can listen and watch? I mean, you've got so much going on. Can you let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, honey. I'm uh, it, you know, I'm on Sirius XM on Progress uh, Channel One Twenty Seven. I'm on stations around the country. I'm on, you know, you can find me on your TuneIn app or your iHeart app on your phone. Uh, I'm on Free Speech TV, which is on, uh, you know, Dish and on some cable on cable stations. You can 
online is stephaniemiller.com. And I have a, a brand new podcast network um, called Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal uh, Podcast Network. That's at sexyliberal.com. And we have uh, 10 amazing, smart, funny, sexy liberals. You are the only sexy liberals in the country that are not on my network, but I'm going to get you liquored up and get that taken care of next week. <laughs> Art of the deal. There you nice. go. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, host of the Stephanie Miller Show, our guest for the upcoming live show in San Francisco, August 30th. She'll be at the VIP meet and greet along with Adam Savage from Mythbusters, the night of the show at the Independent Theater. So, Steph Miller, thanks for coming on Muller She Wrote. Thanks, babe. See you next week. All right. That's our show. I love talking to Steph Miller. She's so awesome. Yeah, she's great. I'm excited to see her this weekend in San Francisco. She's going to hang out. She's bringing the wine. Um, so there's a few tickets left. Hop online at Muller She Wrote and grab yours today. Uh, and you can join us for our second VIP meet and greet Thursday, the 29th at 5 p.m. A link to the tickets is in our pinned tweet at Muller She Wrote. You have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, just that I love you guys. Oh, um, I'm doing a new Racial Matter episode tomorrow. Today's oh. Sunday. Yeah, so I got that. And uh, yeah, I love you guys. Can't wait to see you on tour. Nice. That's it. Yeah. And uh, I guess my final thought goes out to Jordan and her voice. I hope it gets better. <laughs> please, please get well. We miss you. We love you. You guys take care of each, uh, each other and take care of yourselves. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Hi, I'm Harry Littman, host of Talking Feds, a roundtable that brings together prominent figures from government law and journalism for a dynamic discussion of the most important topics of the day. Each Monday, I'm joined by a slate of Feds favorites and new voices to break down the headlines and give the insider's view of what's going on in Washington and beyond, plus sidebars explaining important legal concepts read by your favorite celebrities. Find Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts. M-S-W Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, Welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money. Millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were 
prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.